say, they say we should have known better than to fall so deep down, deep down into this rabbit hole we found. And I was thinking, Hi, this is Nico. You're listening to my dad or fall, also known as the White Rabbit and James Jardine on the one and only Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. Buckle up and enjoy. Alrighty, with that intro, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whatever you want, whatever you're doing. Welcome down the security rabbit hole to yet another edition of the Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. This is Raph. On the uh, far right there is James. How's it going today, Raph? Uh, cold. It's freaking cold. So I've got my uh, I've got my mug of coffee here. My my Bucky's mug of coffee. Uh, not actually did not come back home. But the nearest Bucky's is forty seven miles away. But it's my Bucky's. Joel knows a little bit about Bucky's. But uh, oh man, they they came to Georgia here with a vengeance, and uh, now it's a must stop every time. Um, anyway, today's episode uh, is going to be awesome. I have a uh, returning guest, and we're going to talk a little about the state of states, the state of things. Uh, welcoming back to the show, Mr. Joel Scambray. How are you, buddy? Unmute yourself. Hey, Roth, hey, James. Great to be here. Yeah, am I coming uh, through? Yep. Yeah, you sound great. Here we go. Audio test passed. Yeah, I feel like saying uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, but you're right. I think I've been on the show before, but uh, I, I listen to the the, the podcast uh, every week at least, so uh, excited to be here. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Now, do you, do you listen to ones that uh, – you, are you going to listen to this one listen to yourself? Uh, that's the TBD. I, well, I'll yeah. probably listen to the first five minutes and depending on how dumb I sound, I may shut it off. But, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, this is the thing. Like I like doing this, but I hate the sound of, I hate, I, I always think I sound weird. So I don't like listening to my own voice. Um, so I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, I, I listen to the show every once in a while because I have to a- edit it. So I'll listen to, for that, but I try to do minimal editing. But uh, all right, we are recording this as the uh, the Arctic polar vortex is uh, just loosening its death grip on you, but it's definitely coming for us. I, we were just folks who were chatting before the show, so today is January eighteenth. We'll be recording this, but uh, it, it is uh, it is going to be uh, thirty five tonight, so not bad, and then twelve tomorrow night. Twelve. Ouch. That is uh, that is officially effing cold, y'all. Um, yeah, James is in a hoodie. Well, James is always in a hoodie, though. I'm always in the hoodie. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> fine. What is it? It's water. it's 61 outside. I've got the heater on under my desk, and I've got my hoodie on. So it's you weirdo. 61 <laughs> is t-shirt and shorts weather. I don't know what you're talking about. It is it is so chilly here that my cat is actually decided that she's gonna she wants to sit on my lap all day today because I've got a big warm sweater on and I'm apparently warmer than her. Her uh, she's taken over my. Uh, my big, uh, uh, my, my, my giant, uh, uh, what do you call those? Uh, uh, the love sacks. Uh, the, what do you, the, uh, I can't I think of the name of it. I don't know. Oh, the, I know what you mean. The beanbag chair. Or beanbag the, chair. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's right. There's a name it's apparently that, not right? working. Yeah. yeah. Coffee's a love sack. Is that what you said? Like, I, yeah. Maybe I, that's, the, that's the company that makes them. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, easy there, killer. This is a family <laughs> show. I don't know what you're mute, That's James. Not too. Inappropriate <laughs> oh reference count goodness. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to the show. Good lord! All right, Joel, um, tell us a little bit about professionally speaking. Uh, what you're up to now? Yeah, uh, I uh, remain at NCC Group, uh, which is a uh, uh, all things cybersecurity services firm. Uh, I am in the the technical assurance services part of the business, which is. Uh, some people might call it a fancy name for pen testing. We'll, we'll talk about that. It's, it's, I, I, I like technical assurance a little better as I get older, but, uh, uh, I, I run a fairly large organization over a hundred, uh, uh, technical, uh, uh, engineers that do pen testing, assurance, uh, reviews, uh, of all the things, uh, we like to say, uh, you know, cloud devices, web apps, it amazes me how much human expert driven web app assessment that we still do, right? Despite the headlines, you know, automation. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but, uh, yeah. yeah, that, that's still my, my, uh, day job almost 25 years later. Uh, you know, going back to, you know, the early days has been fairly similar. Back in my day. Well, I think, we're, <laughs> I, think we, I think we've about dropped into this field are roughly the same time. Cause we yeah. we have uh, we have similar. I, we talked about this at one point, but um, hey, listen, I want to ask. I wanted to ask you to kind of kick this off. Uh, state of the economy, because you know the the economy on, on the on the on cyber. I think largely in enterprise uh, goes in, in pendulum swings, right? We go people buy a lot of products, then they buy a lot of services, then they buy a lot of products, they buy a lot of services, and back and forth we go. Uh, it, I, I suspect, and I've been. This is kind of a longer trend, though, that I've been seeing. Maybe, maybe you can validate this because probably you're in a better seat than I am to do that. But uh, over the last decade, we've slowly ramped up on how much companies uh, shift into either managed or outsourced security services. I suspect some of that is due to the fact that there is just you know there's a challenge putting people in in the right seats. I'm not sure I believe in this giant, you know, millions and millions of talent gap kind of worker shortage thing. But it's certainly difficult putting people, you know, especially down market, right, where you can't pay the you know, what, what you know, the big, big uh, Fortune 500 firms pay. Uh, are, are we shifting permanently, do you think, into a more services-driven world? I, I think – I mean, listening to your your comments, I mean, it's like we're we're asymptotically getting, you know, like you said, swings back and forth, but within a, you know, yeah. a, a approaching an endpoint, right? And and yeah, there is more automation. There is different uses of human expertise. Um, unquestionably, twenty twenty three had some some very impactful uh, uh, layoffs. Let's just let's say it. You know, the the, the big tech firms for sure. Um, you know, obviously opinions vary on sort of the, the meaning of that. Um, but my own sense is that it, it, it's not unrelated to that, that pendulum swing, right? We're going to talk about AI here. I'd be fairly certain I could play some bets on that. And, uh, you know, that, that's the latest, I shouldn't say, I I actually think it's different, but let's call it the latest flavor of the month of that swing, right? (laughs) Okay. We're moving back towards you know, uh, human ampli or, or tool amplified human stuff. Um, you know, and there's always the, the, 
you know, no, no secret to both of you, right? I mean, the outsourcing thing, you know, security always had that, that, that tinge of like, like legal or, yeah. or, uh, you know, other professions, you know, finance where, oh yes, you know, we, we have outside counsel, you know, we have a, an audit every year if we're a public company or more than that, right. To, to have that independent view. Um, so that, that also, I think is, it, within that that swing or maybe outside of it pushing <laughs> constantly towards a you know a, yeah. a general lean right so um, i i i've seen i think the this uh, the pendulum swing uh when i started in it was you know I, you could you could almost time it right and, and it would go in roughly two year three year cycles um I think the swing on the product side is getting shorter and the swing and the, and the area that we call services is getting longer. Um, I don't know if it's because uh, the product world moves and evolves so fast that we, that by the time a company buys, you know, so there's this like, there's this crazy notion that people get that they're going to buy something and tomorrow it'll be useful to them. It's never been that way. Uh, I think the re- the realization is services, whether the vendor does it or some third party does it, is almost always required. Especially the more comp- as as our trade as our products get more complex, right? Um, it, we're not just an- installing antivirus anymore with like ten configuration options. This is complex stuff. So yeah. the gap between I bought it today and I'm able to actually extract peak value out of it is is usually unfortunately at least half the at least half the license uh, initial license period is what i've kind of seen right and so you bring in your consultants and stuff to to try to shorten that time to value um and 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 what i've seen is organizations that do that regularly start to think why am I trying this at, at all by myself? Like, why am I at all trying to operate this? Why don't I just buy this as a service? MSSP, right? Yeah. Well, I think the other side of that, yeah. Raf, too, like you, you've got the ramp up side to you start extracting value from it. But then how often do you see a tool fall off after so long, right? You've right. got it working, but there's no policies or procedures in place right. in house that, okay, we did it. A static analysis is a great example of that, right? Like people bring it in house. <laughs> They say, oh, we're going to do this. They scan some stuff. They get 100,000 vulnerabilities. And then you go ask six yeah, months later, done. and you're like, hey, it's how's that going? Like, 200,000. Oh, I, <laughs> I haven't looked at that in six months. Like, and then yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, well, we don't need this tool anymore. And they get rid of it. You know, like, I think that's yeah. overlooked too often is that backside of that losing the value because nobody's there to maintain it. There's no procedures in place for that. I, I super align with that. James. Yeah. I mean, I, I see, I see that at least as often as I see, you know, Hey, we're really getting value out of this. The static analysis is a classic one. Um, I, I was uh, almost going to be cynical and respond to Roth's initial, uh, question uh, with, with, uh, you know, we, we, we got this tool to solve this problem. And then a year later we discovered we had a totally different problem. Right? It helped us. That happens to regularly the, too. Oh, it's not that that's the problem. right? Yeah. 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 It, look, I think that's part of. I think it's those forces where you've got uh, whether it's the 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 internals of the company change or the risk changes or whatever that that calculator calculus or the the formula changes, the technology moves quickly, and then this difficulty that uh, the industry keeps struggling with uh, putting 
the right employee in the right seat uh, at the right time. Right time. Um, because I think those folks, and, and I'm just going to just on a tangent for just a second, because I'm going to bring myself right back. But those folks that talk about this massive gap and how we need tens of millions of analysts and all this stuff, I think they're trying to solve the problem of uh, insecurity by having humans at the keyboard everywhere and scaling by humans does not work, period, end of thought. So it, the, we, we swing back into technology like, okay, well then let's solve it with tech and some combination of people. And and the, we we like the tech cycles quickly, the problem in the, in the company cycles quickly, and then the human part just never quite fits right. And so you've got this like, it's like having you know uh, four four bolts uh, out of six on your on your wheel, uh, you know, and 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 one of them is loose, and so you're like, yeah, I can drive on this, but I can't go very fast because I have a I risk losing the wheel and cratering the car. Uh, and I feel like that's where security's been stuck the last twenty years, man. Yeah, I mean a lot of truth, and and maybe that's inherent to to the profession, right? Again, it's risk management, you know, to to use one view of it, and you're never a hundred percent, as the cliche goes. But but again, you're you're trying to approach it with controls, yeah. and then then again, you know, the threat landscape changes, the tech changes, the thing changes, and you know, you 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 push that that measurement down a little bit and you either have to reinvest to move it up or decide that you, you know, that risk is no longer, you know, interesting, you ensure whatever. Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, is it always been, you know, troubling times for humans? I'm remembering my Dickens, right. It's the, the, the best of times, the worst of times. That's right. You know, um, that's right. You know, I think we're, we're, we're always struggling to find our place there's you know cliches aside you know again i i think we have you know with with uh artificial intelligence is the latest example you know a, a truly interesting thing we're trying to create something that learns and interacts with humans and and, and improves on them you know which which to your point about scale i mean that's always been the dream right is a technology empowered human expert does scale in you know theory that's that's the nirvana we're all striving for and achieving it at various levels i'll, I'll throw one other example and we'll, we'll keep going but you know one thing you know that i see increasingly um is uh you know edr xdr that's sort of the buzzwords are expounding now but uh you know that there's a lot of you know i saw one uh, customer the other day with you know some absurd number of events at the top of their funnel right you know 5 million raw events and then it gets filtered down mostly by you know automation there's ai in there now right and and you know you get down to you know like 30 events that get to the human experts right and so we're 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 improving i i think um and we also I'll plug the you know what's it, what are the other drivers here? Regulation, third-party yeah. assurance, right? That's also is, is EDR table stakes. Now I'll pause. <laughs> yeah, lots of thoughts there. <laughs> yeah, listen. So when it comes to services in, in your world, um, what's the what's the what's the I don't know what's the standouts right now? Where are where is the the biggest need? Like what are what are, what are you totally backlogged on as an organization? Like, you know, where, where's where's the uh, where's the big ask? 
I, I think there's a, it, it's a good question. I mean, my perspective, which certainly is, is a small, tiny, infinitesimal part of the overall, you know, what are we at now? You know, the trillions of dollars, the cybersecurity market, um, you know, the, the fundamentals don't go away. Uh, that's one of my favorite sort of punchlines, you know, uh, uh, we talked about technical assurance, right? At, at, at some level, across the many years I've been in this business, that's still the thing, right? P- people are looking for assurance that what they're doing uh, has has been looked at and is as safe as it can be for their customers, their purposes, whatever. Um, t- traditionally, that has meant, you know, use a code word here, pen test, right? You know, let, let's let's attack the thing like the, the 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 attackers do right and that'll give us our best view of how it would survive against wow attackers right so that that i mean you know we i still see a great deal of that predominantly um still a lot of human expert driven um you know and, and it and it's the same pyramid that you might expect inverted pyramid right uh, you know web app dominates yeah there's changes within that a lot more web API, right? And there's a, a sort of a plethora of technologies there. One could argue it's less web now and more app, right? Other stuff and, you know, mobile, uh, you know, infrastructures but making a bit of a comeback. You know, I was a net network pen tester, you know, way back in the day. And I thought, oh boy, you know, the app is going to sort of, it's all going to become app layer. And that's where the, you know, the organizations want to focus there. Where's my risk question? And, but that, you know, cloud is sort of help with that, right? You know, uh, we, we do a lot of, uh, you know, cloud configuration assessments uh, on the big platforms. And uh, and then, that you know, there's a whole uh, plethora, again, of, you know, all the things, right? Um, devices, particularly consumer devices, right? I mean, there's a lot of pressure to, you know, how safe is this when I give it to tens of millions of people to use in their home and yeah. listen to their voice and do stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah. That thing. Uh, yeah. And, and it gets exotic as you know, right. I've spent a lot uh, some time recently with blockchain, you know, that's obviously mm-hmm. been hyped up and down. I, you know, you might say <laughs> certainly, but, but there's some interesting stuff there, right. I mean, you know, is the distributed, uh, you know, tracker of the things, right. There's some compelling, uh, you know, uh, concepts there, uh, you know, draws on crypto and, and other sort of primitives. Uh, and then, of course, AI as a target itself, right? You know, wh- what is AI? It, it's a it's a model, which is a f- sort of indistinct thing to my little brain. And you've got people interacting with it. The whole data confidentiality and, and privacy model, I think, needs to be reconsidered for that. Um I'll I'll pause again. <laughs> you, you get me going. <laughs> is there any distinction? Are you able to see, due to a vast like number of clients and stuff like that, the difference between compliance checkbox driven need for these services versus organizations that are you know looking without that? Like maybe they have the compliance need, but we're coming because we actually want that assurance. We want that check, not because PCI told me I had to have that check. Like, is there, is there a swing in that stance where people are just coming because this is part of our program versus, hey, we have to check the box and we don't really do anything with it, but great, we did it. You, you know, you again, you put your finger on the pulse. My, my personal observation is um, third-party assurance. I, I think the, you know, th- there's a there's a diversity of reasons people do this. So, so not to say it's all, but certainly I would say, 
anecdotally to me, the, the a large portion of it is that third party assurance, right? You know, my customer requires me to to do this to show that my service or product for them is you know secure, right? Or you know, they're they're the vendor to the big you know uh, Acme Corp, right? You know, big enterprise, and they have to do that annually. I'm actually part of uh, a little plug here, the App Defense Alliance. Um, which has just formally moved out into its its own actual organization within the Linux Foundation. It is uh, uh, hosted by Microsoft and Meta and Google, um, and they, they are uh, really trying to drive that. You know, th- those three players um, manage some of the largest app developer ecosystems in the world, right? You know, think think yeah. about Gmail, think about Office three sixty five. You know, cloud. You know, who's hosted there and the, the ADA is really trying to, to codify, you know, what does it mean to, to have a license to operate securely, securely as, a, as a web app in, in, in our ecosystem and trying to make that interchangeable, right? So, oh, we got certified on M365 and, you know, how, how much of that applies to, you know, working in, uh, you know, uh, uh, Google's uh, uh, workspaces. Uh, uh, is that right? I, I always forget the workplaces workspace. Um, apologies if I missed a brand there. Uh, so, I so yeah, I, I, I think, you know, James, sorry, back to your question. I, I think that's increasingly what I see is the big driver. I have to do this because some business value proposition or organizational value proposition is driving me to do it. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, second, second is what you said kind of, as we like to joke for the right reasons, you know, Hey, we want to have assurance for our, whoever's using this thing, customers, et cetera. Um, re- regulatory, certainly a pressure. You know, PCI, you know, would you call that a version of third-party assurance that, you know, a consortium-driven, you know, I'm a participant in this industry, therefore I have to do this annually. You know, maybe. Um, the regulatory thing is always sort of troubling to me because that, back to swings, that sort of comes and goes, right? Mm-hmm. I think the SEC thing is the latest flavor of the month. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I'll, well, I'll I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking that, like the regulatory side too, not just the PCI stuff, but when you mentioned like devices, like client stuff that we're assuring, right? Because with IoT stuff and all that, there's a lot of stuff being pushed down, you know, governmentally about this is what you have to be doing and you have to follow these certain steps. Um, which obviously, if you're in that space, should be pushing a lot of it, whether you care to do it or not. You kind of have to do it, right? Yes, and and I still see also more third party assurance, right? I, I was part of the IOXT alliance for a while, which is a, an alliance of sort of IoT, you know, uh, uh, vendors to get involved. Uh, have a, a a couple of colleagues that really went for a sort of a, you know third party IoT device certification, right? You know, the uh, that down to the the concept of a QR code on the box, right? You know, oh, here's your, you know, your Wi-Fi router and, you know, scan this for the security certification or information, right? And um, yeah, and, and so, and there's a couple of, of, of companies still working on that. There's also the industry standards bodies, you know, cellular standards that are kind of coming from the ground up on, you know, oh, we've got the baseband and boy, you know, we should also look at the mobile OS there too, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uh, the, I'm, I'm less familiar with that, but I, I think that's another version of this sort of, I guess, to, to qualify when I say third party assurance, you know, I, I don't mean that narrowly. I mean that, yeah, there's there's sort of private enterprises pushing for good reasons and that that's it's incentivized. Right. So uh, 
two questions. Uh, we'll take this as a two-parter. So I want to look at the uh, either end of the extreme. Are you guys still seeing from a assurance and pen testing and, and review and all that stuff, some of that old, old goodness, uh, some of those old systems, right? Some of the uh, old flavors of Unix, some of the COBOL stuff, some of the uh, you know, ma- mainframe, well, mainframe is not old, but it's it's certainly dated. Are you guys still seeing older tech out there? Yes. Um, in fact, we, we had a discussion of mainframes. I don't know, System 390, I forget the flavor, but somebody wanted a review, a bit big, uh, you know, I'll name the industry, hopefully, very big retailer, global, you know, that mainframes are, are, are behind it, um, you know, for regional, whatever they're, they're doing, right? Um, uh, you know, occasionally we do actually get COBOL. Um, I, I have a colleague that was a COBOL programmer and, you know, uh, uh he <laughs> occasionally he's like, Hey, you know, the only person we have that, you know, no, knows that. And, you know, he, he gets uh, tagged with the, the project or at least the charge a premium the, for the that customer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, so I think it's, it, it is getting rarer, less frequent, but it's not going away. Um, you know, I think to the the sort of more general concept of legacy, you know, certainly not a solved problem. There's a lot of tech debt, I think, is the, you know, more modern and perhaps better phrase, yeah. right, is, is you know, there's that balance of, of stability and consistency that stops you from patching, right? And, yeah. and, you know, five years later, you look back and go, ooh, we've got a real, you know, issue here. Our, but, our pen testers are no longer excited to do this project. <laughs> it adds yeah. an interesting dynamic to it as well, because, you know, if you take COBOL as an example, right, there's not a lot of info about COBOL security. Like you'd think, if it was like .NET or Java, there's so many articles that talk about it. There's so many people right. that research into it. They know the ins and out. You say, hey, we got COBOL. I want somebody to review it for security. Like, what are they basing that off of to be able to say, like, yeah, we did a thorough security. Like, there's no info. So unless, you know, they've done the research themselves, it kind of reminds me of, like, Charlie Miller doing a lot of the automobile stuff. You know, like, people wouldn't know what to look for if we didn't have somebody that went out and actually did all that research to say, here's what to look for. So it makes it a lot more difficult when you talk about legacy systems. Like, where do you find the people that have that knowledge? Because especially in a situation where there's not a lot of knowledge out there, you know, like I could go, if you said, hey, I need you to go do a security review of Rails, right? Like I can go fine. Like Rails has a ton of stuff about their security. You know, like we could look that stuff up. You know, how do you handle dealing with that at those situations where there is really nothing? (laughs) Like we could do it, but we don't know anything. Yeah, and, and pre-internet documentation, yeah, you know, heyday, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, agreed, and, and it's very narrow. Again, the mainframe response of, let, let's say, roughly 500 consultants, two. <laughs> Ooh. That's the, yeah, so it, it's not, and, and, you know, there's a little bit of a mix, right? I mean, I think we're, you know, one of those organizations that's put some investment into maintaining those because we do occasionally get called on it. So we have methodologies uh, in certain states of, of, of maintenance, right? I'm not saying they're totally up to date. Um, you know, you, you say a great word there, which is research. You know, that has been a, the a, a huge driver of much of cybersecurity, uh, you know, and you, you make a great example, example, Charlie Miller, right? You know, we, we think all of the, the things and that, but that does tend to be the more cutting edge. Um, you know, we still, that, that's still a very active, pursued amongst our consultants right that that's still a, a big uh uh you know 
a focus of passion and and excitement about sort of breaking the new things and it, it does create that sort of you know abandonment of the the old things right and you know to date i i i'm still amazed it seems like we're still able to address the legacy needs i haven't heard the kind of you know this is completely gone and if somebody asks us we just tell them no you know i haven't mm-hmm. seen that yet um I should say a lot. I should never say never. Right. But, but, uh, you know, the day may be coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, so what about the other spectrum of it? Cause I, I, as we, uh, as we, uh, as we hear more about critical infrastructure and stuff like that, you're, you're, you know, you're probably looking at doing pen testing or assurance work on, equipment that is both probably very new in in the in the um industrial controls you know the uh i the ot space uh i'm thinking municipalities cities states kind of stuff and also some stuff that's probably never had an eyeball on it and it's been running for 20 years so it's kind of those 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 extremes like in a nice neat little cobweb covered package um, are you running into much of that? Less so. I mean, I, I think good news is, you know, cybersecurity awareness uh, is at an all-time high. That sounds sort of contrived to say that. But but I, I encounter fewer and fewer people that are as in the situation you described where, you know, we've never even considered looking at this. They may not have actually looked at it. They may have had a more of a compliance checkboxy thing, as James mentioned earlier. I want to come back to that because that's – that's an interesting, maybe another interesting split, right? That the you know the true pen test versus the compliance thing. But, but I I, I don't find people that are have com- have have not a clue that security is important, um, and and it kind of varies, right? As you as you speak, I, I think of like oil and gas, right? Oil and natural gas, as they like to be called. You know, I'm here in Texas, so I, I see a lot of that. You know that their their view on OT security is is more advanced, right? You know, you certainly might find a tech startup in some other region of of the world that you know has got a more of a, a unenlightened outlook on you know let's just get that thing out there and see how people use it, right? And security yeah. will be bolted on later, right? Um, so, you know, I guess I say that to say that you know, as always, there's there's sort of a spectrum of 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 actual data out there, but but generally, I'm just trying to think of examples. You know, very, very I, I can't think of any where people are not thinking about security. Now, the sample bias, right? People come to me for security, so you know they've already thought about it, right? You know, I'm sure there are, um, and it's not to say that there isn't. You know, dereliction. I can think of a recent example. You know, pr- pretty big product vendor with active O days. You know, in the wild that you know we we had like a six month conversation with them where I was kind of sitting in the back, you know, watching the progression and going, you know, that your hair is on fire, right? <laughs> so, anyways, I may have wandered there, but yeah, yeah. I mean, let I, you know, pe- people are, are are generally trying to do the right thing. Yeah, I I, uh, I think uh, I, I mean, that's the part that I'm interested in is where sort of as 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 trends happen, 
where's the work being done versus where's the where where is it is it shifting in a particular technology you know, identity versus apps a lot of API work probably now uh, you know are, are we going are we going back to fat clients is there like a you know wh- where's the where's the balance and, and kind of what do you if you had to pull out the uh, uh, Joel Scambray crystal ball and shake it a little bit it's a magic eight ball um, what, what is it what is it telling us? What do you, what are you kind of prognosticating for us here? Yeah, I mean, you know, pred- prediction is hard, especially about the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I, and certainly, I, I will say I've been proven wrong a, a bunch of times. You know, I, I I mean, you know, the the safe answer is, you know, as you've heard here already, right? Fundamentals, the progression of the current. You know, I think people moving workloads to the cloud, right? That sort of DevOps, more distributed environment which makes it difficult to answer right i think you both know that more than anything i'll guess i'll speak for myself right the sort of microservices and devops modern you know i don't even want to say product service platform SaaS. what what do you call it right the things that people build now kind of defy my ability to even understand them right you know bookmark maybe a discussion about threat modeling right you know should should we always start with a Describe to me what the heck this is and why you what do you think is risky here? Because we're never going to get down to the source code level, and it might not even be relevant, right? You know, it's more about the interaction between the components than you know. So it, it's you know what what does the future portend? Probably more of that, more more messiness. I mean, I spoke to a customer yesterday that you know again well known brand. Uh, you know, they, they were still asking the the inventory question, right? You know, we, we, we have a new uh, business unit that we are onboarding into our AppSec program. And, you know, we thought, ah, no problem. We'll get them into all the tools and the feeds. And the, we talked to one of them, uh, one of the product managers or whatever, and they kind of went, yeah, it'd be really difficult to tie the people in the organizational structure to the products. Do you even call it products? It's at components. Of course, there's open source that's being used. Git repos, is that the appropriate measure of, of target here, right? You know, it's it's a very confusing conversation, uh, you know. So maybe that's my prediction, right? More, more confusion and sort of more need to sort of, you know, threat model the target space, right? What exactly is the the unit of assurance here that, that we should consider? And, and it might be different than we, you know, uh, uh, old... Uh, cavemen like me think about right a web app oh yeah that doesn't mean anything anymore right yeah it, you know i i think this is probably james you're probably more qualified than i am here but i'll i'll give my opinion anyway i uh th- this that conversation this specific conversation about what's this what's the atomic unit of measurement when it comes to like what 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 is this thing uh that's been a long time coming because I, you know, what can back when I did AppSec and started in early two thousands, it wasn't like apps. You know, uh, I could say, okay, every time you update the app, and you're like, well, this is technically a, uh, a, a an app that's like a frame, and it's got subcomponents, and they're all individual apps. So what do you call this thing? I said an app. What about that thing? It's an app, applet, yeah. and and so all these. Yeah, all of yeah. that is is uh, is very 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 fluid. It used to be a lot easier, Raf. I used to say that when I taught the Sans class, we're doing the .NET course versus the Java course. Like .NET is great. We had WinForms or WebForms and MVC. Like that was it. 
go to Java and you've got Spring, you've got Faces, Source you've got 6,000 things, right? And then, of course, .NET got NuGet and they screwed the whole thing up. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it, it was like that, right? Like it was like you deployed a unit that was your app. Now it's like, okay, I deploy 6,000 microservices. That is my app, you know, that call out to a, a thousand different things. So it, it is really difficult to define that. The one thing I wanted to ask, uh, you know, before we wrapped up was more around, because we started this with the, the question about services and people reaching out for services. What do you see as far as people that are reaching out? What is the skill level that a lot of the organizations have internally? Um, you know, so like we we'll use pen testing as the example, right? Like, hey, we want this app pen tested. How many organizations have that skill level in-house and just need that third-party verification versus a lot of organizations now don't have that really at all because some could say it's harder to find, right? Like we don't have it. That's why we partner with a third party to be able to say, hey, we, we do pen testing as an external service, but our internal people do X, Y, and Z. Like we want to outsource all that because we don't have that skill set or we don't have the time to focus our skill sets there. We want to we push it someplace else. Yeah, great question, and and unsurprising, this is the consultant says it depends. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I think I see that increasingly, and again, sample bias here. I tend to deal with. I wouldn't even. I, I would say enterprise to me is the mid tier, right? I, I'm talking about very big. You know, just to pick on some names that I've thrown out here. You know, no no, no uh, implication of a relationship, but you know, Microsoft, Google, sort of tech titan sized. Uh, organizations, they have in-house pen testing teams of tens of peoples in business units, right? And, and a significant investment, um, you know, moving into what I might call the enterprise, right? You know, not Titans, but, you know, pretty big businesses. Um, they, they have that. It, it's smaller. It's, it doesn't have, it's not as well-rounded, right? You'll, you'll find, you know, do you have somebody that specializes in that? Yeah, no, we need you to come in and do that part. And then, you know, the, there's the, you know, what would you call it? You know, SMB is too, too, too small. Uh, trite of a, <laughs> a firm, but you know, yeah, there's a large, there's a, a, a big, the, the vast majority of, of, of businesses, organizations out there are, are not those other two. And they, they don't have much and they're, and they're really, you know, doing the full outsource kind of, we, we need our annual assurance review from you to make sure we're doing the right thing. Um, and, and it's, it's much more of a pure outsource model. So quick, quick answer right. there on the spectrum of, uh, but, but I guess in large part, yes, the in-house pen test teams is increasing. You know, there's also that consulting in-house tug of war that, that I see quite, quite, uh, you know, directly every day. You know, we have great people that move in and out of that, you know, uh, uh, career path uh, uh, a lot in, in our business. All right. Well, that sounds like a logical place to l- let it go then. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us, Joel. Hey, great to see both of you. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. All right, folks, that's been it. Thanks for listening. I hope you got something out of this one. Uh, the ecosystem and the world on the service side, you know, someplace I hold near and dear to my heart keeps changing. Uh, but I, I feel like uh, this conversation we could have had with slightly different terminology five years ago and five years before that. So uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, I guess. We'll see where this is. We'll check back in with Joel uh, and a couple. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, 
go check out our YouTube page. Lots of streaming video there. That's where this one gets streamed. And if you uh, want to catch some of these live, you're more than welcome to uh, catch us on LinkedIn. That's where I post all of our shows for the most part. And of course, if you're still on Twitter slash X uh, there as well. So for the podcast, we'll catch you guys another time, another place on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. Cue that music. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. This is Bella. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave my dad a review and share this with your friends. Bye. Bye.